Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast and for this episode we have with us a very special guest Gautam Gopalakrishna who is the country head at Entropy. Hi Gautam, thank you for joining us today. Thanks a lot for having me. So to begin with could you please take us through your career journey so far? Sure. Yep, yeah, first of all thanks for inviting me here. It's it's definitely exciting to be able to share some of my journey here. So it's been a couple of decades since I started working so I spent some time initially in in uh, in Bosch writing some software for the automotive little did i realize that you know last couple of decades there's so much of changes happened in the automotive with uh, so much of uh, going on with self driving cars so back then obviously it was still to do with um, writing a lot of electronics coming still into the car and you know because that i spent a lot of time with or you know in couple of uh, startups mostly working on the security side of things uh, network sp- uh, security specifically and uh, you know so this was in uh, in 2001 and 911 happened right and you know as as the world would have it so so you know it went through economic crisis and you know the funding was obviously harder so both the startups that i was working through went through its own stream of challenges and then right that time i i joined uh, mindtree which is another you know, id consulting company and then i got to work with some of the very intelligent and smart people there you know spent nearly uh, 17 years with with mindtree and especially the last uh, 10 years within mindtree was an entrepreneurial journey mindtree gave a lot of freedom mindtree management team the founding team gave us a lot of freedom to essentially innovate and then you know build stuff that we could take to the markets not just in india but uh, you know globally as well and that's where my journey in terms of product and entrepreneurship and startup continued even within the umbrella of a larger uh, company and it was very fascinating to during my tail end of career with with mindtree I was leading you know globally computer vision services that we offered for all our global customers which was to a help them to reimagine how the business processes were being done with the modern ai you know so so that that was obviously a great challenge and uh, you know one of the things i always deliberated during uh, these days was you know how, how to start up and while i had couple of you know fall start uh, so to speak um, essentially looking at my own startup that was right at the time is when i got connected with the founding team of entropy got connected to ashlesh um, and lakshmi and vidya these you know the three three count co-founders of entropy and that's the the time i realized that um, if not starting i think it's it's best to join an early stage startup to create an impact and to me i think that was a great and uh, what entropy was back then you know early late 2019 was when uh, the conversation started and you know i got really hooked on to the mission 
of our of the entropy, which is to enable trust in every transaction of uh, say high value physical goods and while we were intending to create trust but for a lot of marketplaces i think one of the things that really stuck out is that we're also you know, inadvertently helping government's borders and to protect from you know fake so i'll we'll talk a little bit more as to what we do but yeah that's kind of a quick summary of what i've been and you know in last uh, two decades i think i've gotten a chance to work with so many people for whom i've been really grateful for yeah hopefully you know so the objective is is to pay it forward and then you know get connected and make uh, new sort of connections so that we uh, help more youngsters to come forward so yeah very thankful definitely and an amazing journey so far so since we are talking about entropy could you please tell our listeners a bit more about the organization and your role in it sure maybe i'll start with uh, with entropy and uh, so we are an entropy with a u so this is always something that uh, comes back uh, entropy as a word as you know is is you know randomness and uh, you know a lot of our tech uh, behind uh, is based on the randomness so essentially if you look at you know any physical object so it's all you know the textures all is random so what we do is is to use this randomness to uniquely identify verify the authenticity and track and trace of these high value physical goods so that's where the randomness the entropy word comes from but what we also do is if you look at uh, any high value transaction in a marketplace consumers would only trade or buy or sell if there is a trust inherently in the marketplace so by providing authenticity we enable trust so so the we you know use the word tru there so essentially became a play of words so entropy that that's that's where we come from we offer authenticity said uh, you know services for all high value physical goods largely we focused on luxury and sneakers these are the two product categories that we work with and to give you some more insights into your audience uh, think you know, think of it like a very sign of phys- you know high value physical goods so that that's where we operate uh, for marketplaces whom we work with we, we provide an authentication layer for commerce to happen right and uh, we we are you know decade young we started in 2012 you know like a sales slash with the lakshmi so these are the, you know a co-founding team two of them phd's came together and one of the challenges that we saw uh, you know the founding team saw back then and which is continued to true is is that you know fakes are so much part of our lives we we don't realize it but uh, inherently they they destroy the value that is created by the actual the you know authentic brands right you, you name any of the products that we you use on a daily basis right you end up using a quality which is you know substandard the moment there is a you know replacement in a fake replacement for for spare parts right so i i know vidyut who's the founder talks about the story where he was in a bike ride uh to to middle of nowhere and you know realize that one of the clutch cables that uh, was uh, was failed and then turns out that uh, you know it failed because it was a faulty and fake one right so yeah i i think we all have come across fake products in our life so, so our mission is to essentially use ai to be able to authenticate a high value physical goods yeah, and thereby 
increasing trust in, in any of the platforms that we operate in. For example, uh, the, our solution uh, called authentic, you know, luxury authentication. So what we do is, is we've got this microscopic hardware, which is acts as an attachment. So let's say we've got this iPhone and then you know, we built an accessory to an iPhone. The microscopic lens magnifies the image that you normally take, which is you know, perhaps 12 megapixel, into 260 times. So which means you're seeing death. High resolution image, something to the tune of uh, you know six to eight microns, which is which is really really tiny set of hairs. Perhaps you can see. And what it does is we use this bunch of images and train our model to actually recognize okay whether this is a authentic version of a Louis Vuitton bag or a Nike Air Jordan uh, sneakers, or if it's an you know, fake version of it, right? So, so that's essentially what we do. Uh, you know, we, we launched our solution in 2016. Uh, since then, we've uh, you know pretty much uh, over 3,000 global customers across 70 plus countries use the solution, right? From you know luxury authentication, and in the last couple of years, we launched sneakers. You know, sneaker again, uh, give and take, depending on who you're reading. The, the pre-owned sneaker market is expected to touch about 18 billion. And, you know, we provide authenticity solution using, using AI. And we're by far, we're the only company that I know of who offer financial guarantees for every authentication that we do. Let's imagine, for example, there is a $500 Nike. And if we authenticate and then calls out as uh, authentic and Let's say you are the buyer and then you buy it based on the fact that, hey, entropy called is as authentic. And if it ever turns out to be fake, then we compensate that, you know, the value of the sneakers to you. So, so that's, uh, you know, putting, you know, entire business into risk, right? And in spite of that, we've been growing really well. And that also displays a confidence that we have in our own technology and our own team. So, so that's, uh, that's uh, in a nutshell about what uh, Entropy is. We've, uh, we've had all headquartered in New York. Um, we've got offices in Bangalore and Japan, Tokyo, close to 78, uh, 80 people in terms of uh, and completely uh, global and diverse team that we operate with. Wow, congratulations on the continued success and I'm sure there's a long way to go. So... Since you're talking about technology, AI, so how do you think technology can shape the work culture in the coming time? And since AI has sort of taken over the entire space, so do you think AI is the future or is it just like a fad which has come and might as well go? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I think, um, you know, like I said, you know, our, I'll give you a story and then that's where let's start with. Uh, pre-entropy, uh, in, in a in terms of authentication, so let's say, you know, if you're a marketplace, you were to list, let's say, a Louis Vuitton bag or, or Nike. So the way it would happen is, is the buyer, once you finish the transaction, the, the actual physical good would be shipped to the nearest warehouse. A team of authenticators, you know, depending on the size of the marketplace, would anywhere between you know, 100 to 150 team of authenticators would actually physically verify for its authenticity. You know, be it looking at the texture, smelling it, just looking at the logo, the stitching, and so on and so forth. And since, uh, you know, since we have been around, we and by the way, that whole process would take about two working weeks, you know, and excluding shipping. And we brought that 
down to uh, a minute, right? So, so that's the kind of transformation AI is able to do, you know, and we're seeing it uh, happening already, right? And of course, the last six months in terms of what AI is, is able to offer uh, has dramatically changed in terms of people's mind. And while, you know, we'll talk about, you know, what are the implications for, you know, let's say our own companies, but also larger society in general, but uh, to answer your first question in terms of, you know, uh, how technology is changing the work culture, I think we've seen that play out uh, in, in the pandemic itself the last uh, three years completely where, you know, you had to get up in the morning, go to work, uh, spend time in traffic to where people have completely become productive by working out of home. Of course, there are you know challenges in terms of, uh, you know, mental health. You're missing your own colleagues, uh, perhaps the social interaction part of it, and which is where I think there are newer uh, startups trying to evolve from how does technology can provide uh, the emptiness, which is uh, perhaps people miss through the social interactions by, you know, and augmenting some of those uh, interactions or online. But having said that, you know, I'm still in old school. I, I still prefer talking to people. So I would imagine, you know, we've embraced hybrid sort of work uh, culture ourselves, where we've asked uh, teams to, you know, we haven't compelled any of our uh, folks to walk out of office so people can still work uh, from from their homes. And we've even gone to the extent saying that, you know, at least once in a year, you can work out of uh, anywhere, right? Not just from home, but you could be, you know, we have a very diverse team across um, from the India, right? So different parts. So people may want to spend uh, time in Holi, I mean, for example, which is so big in, in northern part of India, or maybe Diwali, or, or different times. And maybe, and that's the time where, you know, they, they actually go back to their own homes and, you know, spend time with the parents and also continue to work for a month, right? So it, a, it improves productivity, but also tells the individual that, hey, you know, you, you valued your own relationships with your own uh, parents and their near and dear ones are something that we believe that make them productive. And then it's sort of, you know, virtuous cycle in terms of, okay, if you start developing some innate connect towards company, which is actually valuing your own personal life, right? And that's one part of the work culture that we actually uh, take pride of. Uh, the second part um, is, again, in terms of mental health that I kind of touched upon, we, we were extremely, uh, we, we want to make sure that we enable help uh, with, with all our team members to make sure that they're doing well, both, both physically and mentally. I think this is this is obviously a challenge in terms of how, how much can you provide help or online, but there are quite a few startups who are offering services that we've kind of enlisted, including mental conditioning coaches and so on and so forth. But what is also fascinating is, you know, every we come together, you know, in terms of uh, either an offsite or, uh, you know, usual dinners, but more, more all of, you know, which are now have become a cliche saying that, oh, you know, if you want to do a team meeting, let's do offsite, right? But we go beyond that and then look at uh, our brainstorming sessions. Whenever we want to have a brainstorming session with teams, because uh, we get together in office once in a while, or it could be once in a week, or once in two weeks, depending on what the time of the, what the project needs and demands are. And I think what we've realized that 
um, the work culture, especially you know, with, with so much of technology changing, the productivity has gone up, gone up. But the idea generation phase, where you know, when you're alone uh, and you know, doing whatever you're doing, I think you know, you know, if you don't nurture with social interaction, you know, with that mentorship, I think it tends to go down, which is where we believe that if you come collectively once in a couple of weeks, once in a week, just to brainstorm on some of these ideas, because at the end of the day, startups survive based on how well you execute an idea and quickly bring it to the market and then make sure that your customers love it. Get that feedback loop uh, closer, faster. And that's where we, uh, you know, we um, still believe that uh, the social interaction, in-person relations are important. But yes, you know, to, to uh, sum up, I think technology has definitely transformed not just work, but the culture as well. And more and more, uh, it, it's going to happen. Uh, I, you know, certainly, I'm 47, so, but some of the new, uh, the team that we have, were not even born when I finished engineering. So from that perspective, when I interact with them, I've got so much new to learn. And also the way the entire behavior has shaped, you know, because this is an iPhone generation, social media generation, and and they get obviously natural in terms of uh, all the modern tech, right? So I think it's fantastic time uh, to be, uh, to be alive, you know, yeah, I totally, totally agree with what you said. I mean, technology has been a great enabler, but at the same time, nothing can really, you know, alternate for the social interactions that we have at the end of the day. The human connection, the human connect is very important, as we always say. So um, now that we're talking about the trends in the industry, what do you think are some of the current trends in the industry that are going to take over the functioning of organization? You know, I know there are a lot of trends, but there are perhaps one trend that, you know, we're all, or in many more ways than one, I think is fascinated is AI. I think AI means a lot of things to a lot of people. Uh, but let me, you know, sort of go back to what uh, certainly my view and then is that, you know, at the end of the day, so there are a lot of you know, new technologies have you know, come. So even from the industry era, where once the cars were in, you know, invented, so obviously people said that, hey, you know, what will happen to the horses? You know, horse carriages, horses will get uh, depressed because now there is a, you know, car is going to go on the tracks, right? So, so all of those doomsday scenarios were obviously projected. I'm very optimistic and hopeful that, of course, you know, all the modern technology that has come, specifically with open, you know, chat GPT. I think when obviously it came, I was, you know, surprised pleasantly and to see what it's capable of doing uh, in terms of, you know, one of the things at least uh, when, you know, growing up was AI was still, we always felt the creative side of things. It'll still be, you know, it'll take some time for AI to reach, right? So it'll replace some of the repetitive jobs. But if you look at what ChatGPT has done, I mean, it's you know gone to the writers. The gone, to, I mean, it can write poems, it can write blogs, it can write create. I mean, it, it uh, you know with um, high, uh, let's say Mid Journey, right, and Dali and Stable Diffusion, the kind of uh, images that you do, which is so again, you know, the photography or the artist. So it's gone to the creative side and then shown that uh, it, it's you know capable of 
creating something which is as unique as perhaps what uh, a creative human can do. Uh, at the same time, we also seen, uh, you know, I would like to believe the software coding is also a part of creative function, right? And, and what the modern co-pilot is doing is, is exactly where the GPT-4 is, is going to get. And then I think there is, there is a lot of, you know, the world is moving at so quick pace that whatever we're going to predict, predict it will will find ourselves that, oh, I think we'll fall short. So I don't want to get there. But I think one thing is clear that, you know, as we embrace more and more AI, I think it will start to augment humans' capabilities. We will obviously become more productive than what we were before. So more we sort of uh, embrace versus, you know, instead of pushing it back, using governments of, you know, saying that, oh, let's bring regulations, sure, with the right uh, guardrails so that, you know, it's inclusive, it's empathetic, it is also not spreading misinformation. So all those guardrails are fantastic and government should do. But historically, what we've seen is that government always try to catch up. They, they never lead from the front. So which means that during that time where they're still catching up, there will always be such incidents which will you know which will say that hey you know for folks to uh, predict doomsday scenarios right i think we'll have to again you know this is with uh, the governments and then regulators to come in and pitch in but i would still i'm, I'm very hopeful of uh, you know uh, how ai is going to shift right you know there are, and in in more ways than one i, I see already see how my kids are using chat gpt for their own homeworks right so the flip side of it oh are they really um, you know, trying to create shortcuts or are they learning out of uh, shortcuts? So I, you know, personally, I've encouraged them to question why, you know, where did this um, ChatGPT, you know, get this data and it's not hallucinating. You know, sometimes it can, you know, cook up things which perhaps didn't exist. And that's that's where those guardrails are a challenge. But overall, I think it's, we are in a time where I think Five years from now, we'll go back and say, wow, a lot of things have changed. And then we played our own parts in making sure that uh, AI went, you know, at least took advantage of what can do. You know, personally, I've seen, you know, in the last two or three weeks, I think some of the videos that have come out from Microsoft, uh, specifically on how it's enabling, you know, remote corners of the India farmers specifically to request for services in their own native language and then get information and not just just information, but also get the government services in 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 the way that they can do. I think to me, those are the use cases where people have largely been left out. Those are the folks, and AI can actually uh, take them right. Whether it's you know healthcare or education or government services, I think AI can do a lot more, especially with large language models, the speech and and the whole thing. I think I, I'm super excited about what it can be done. Yeah, so there is always one percent in me which says that yeah, we still need to put guardrails, but knowing um, how the governments respond to uh, some of these requests, I think they will have their own way. But yeah, I, I'm still very optimistic. Yeah, definitely. I think it's all about finding a balance uh, as long as you're not utilizing it, which could be harmful, not just to you, but in society as general, I think. It's definitely going to enable better things for you. So let's see how it unfolds with time. As the time passes, we'll get to know where it really leads us. 
So thank you, Gautam, for joining us for this episode. It was truly an honor to have you here. And thank you for sharing your amazing viewpoints. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So and thanks to our listeners for tuning in.